0: Pray Lord that those words would go from our head to our heart today Lord. I pray that your spirit would would make that command Lord to not fear real to us Lord. Many of us are are walking around with with many fears, many concerns. Things we're stressed out about, we're anxious about, we're worried. We're carrying much weight on our shoulders Lord. And today we're going to look at the resurrection. We're going to see how the resurrection is the answer to our fears. Again, Lord, I say make what we hear in our head today real to our heart by the power of Your Spirit, Lord. Free us from fear. Help us experience freedom in Christ. Bless this time today, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So, growing up, We all grow up with many fears. One of my biggest fears as a child was La Llorona. La Llorona is the woman in white, the crying woman. And this story was told to to kids to keep them from playing around the canal, right? So so the, the story was you know, her kids died and now she's a ghost. She's looking around for kids to snatch around the canals. And I was a kid, my school, my elementary school was right near a canal. So you had to go along this long quarter mile strip uh, of a canal to get to my school. And I was a little, little, little fat boy, a little gordito. And so I was always the first kid at school for free breakfast. And I was the last kid to leave to get the seconds at the end of free breakfast. So I would get to school early. It'd still be dark. And, I, and so there would be no one out there. And I'd be riding by the canal on my bike, and I'd put my head down and I would just book it every morning by that canal. I don't want La Llorona to grab me. Right? And those other fears, you know, I had the fear of uh, the cucuy, right? It's the, the Spanish version of the boogeyman, right? The cucuy is gonna get you, he's hiding in your closet or under your bed, right? I remember as a child running to my mom's room, you know, crying. You know, wanting them to look under my bed, which you all may have kids and you've experienced that as well. Uh, another uh, fear I had was, and I remember in fourth grade, I had a teacher who would read a lot of scary stories to us in class, Miss Halliburton. And every night I was just, I was just terrified. Uh, I, my room faced the street, and so cars' lights would come into my window. And so I thought it was ghosts outside of my window. And I was so scared. I convinced my mom to let me move rooms with my little brother. She got tired. She probably got tired of me waking her up at night. So she's like, "Just move the room, dang it." <laughs> but uh, so you know, as a child, we have many fears, and and they're silly fears. But as we grow up, fears don't go away, right? Fears get stronger, and and scarier, the more terrifying, and and they can they can cripple us because our fears become more real right as as we look into the world there's there's many things that we can be afraid of right especially in, in the times we live in much much fear politically or much fear uh with ISIS there's there's just this world is is terrifying right so we can have a lot of fears and and and, and like like I said they they just become more real as we grow up and so I've experienced fear much of my adult life, and one of my greatest fears that I've had to wrestle with and work through in my life has been the fear of man. The fear of man. The fear of man is, is, a, is the fear of what other people are going to think about you, right? So what you do when you fear man, you elevate the opinion of man over God, right? Their opinion is more important than what God thinks of me. And I've also struggled with the the fear of failure. And so as I've as I've grown up, I've I've been it's caused me to be extremely driven. I want to win. I want to succeed. I want to be the best. I want to show that I have it all together. I want to be able to control my life, right? And then you're always fearful. What are, what are people thinking of, of me? Right? What are they going to say? What if I fail? You know, will they? still think highly of me? And so some of those, that drivenness might sound kind of positive, but it it leads to stress and worry and anxiety and anger, insecurity, inadequacies, right? These are things that that we're all fearing. We're all feeling and they're rooted in our our fears a lot of times. And so fear, what we're going to see today is it's the opposite of faith. Fear is the exact opposite of faith, right, Tr- which is trusting God, right? So when we're not trusting in God, when we're trusting in ourselves, we're going to experience fear. And so that's what, uh, that's what I've been growing, learning the last 20 years. I've been a, a Christian for almost 20 years now. When I was 16 years old, in 1996, God saved me, and ever since then, God's just been working in my heart, working on these fears, teaching me to trust Him more and more, and that's, that's what God does. We, we never get to a place where like, all right, right I trust God with everything now, I'm good. Right? God continues, to, continues to, to work on us and sanctify us and, and work out the deepest fears in our hearts and help us to trust Him more, right? That, to grow our faith in him. Now, the first time we see fear in the Bible is in Genesis chapter 3, right? In the beginning, God creates the heavens and the earth, and he creates it good. He creates it perfect. He places Adam and Eve in the the garden to enjoy the garden, enjoy relationship with him, enjoy relationship with one another, and until Satan shows up on the scene. And Satan lies to them, and they believe the lies of Satan. They doubt God, They pridefully depend on themselves. They seek to do life their own way. And so they take of the fruit that God had commanded them not to eat. And what happens after they take that fruit is we see Adam and Eve realize they're naked. And now they're ashamed and they cover up. And when God comes looking for them, he he calls out to Adam, Adam, where are you? And Adam says, I was afraid. And so I hid. So right there in the garden. You see fear, right, hiding from God. And it's, and it's crippled every human being since then, right? We've all been plagued by fear. And that's the result of us just pridefully trying to do life on our own terms, trying to do it our own way, trying to control our lives. And why are we afraid? Because we can't control our lives, right? We are so out of control of everything in this world. Even the, most, the smallest of things, you think you can keep them in control, and you can't. And so we experience fear, fear of death, right? Especially fear of painful death, right? Fear of man, like I said, fear of failure. Fear of, uh, fear of the future, right? Circumstances, what might happen, might, uh, the unknown. Fear of uh, rejection of maybe man and God. Fear of loneliness. And, these, and like I said, these fears lead to anxiety and stress and insecurity, inadequacy. They can even lead to depression. Right? They, they paralyze us. And so what we're going to see today is good news. Because the resurrection is the answer to our fears. It's the solution. The resurrection brings us freedom from these fears. Because we can find confidence in the Lord. So let's look at the resurrection. Uh, so l- Friday we gather here for Good Friday. We saw Jesus crucified. After Jesus is crucified, uh, some of Jesus's uh, some followers of Jesus take his body, prepare it for burial, and place it in the tomb. He's, he, he's placed in this cave-like tomb, and this large circular stone is rolled to protect the, his body from being stolen. They, they don't want his disciples to steal it. They don't want uh, wild animals to get to the body. So that's how they would protect the body. And they also placed Roman soldiers there to keep the body from being stolen. Right? The, the Jewish leaders knew that, that Jesus had predicted that he would rise. And so they want to they prevent a hoax. They want to prevent his body being stolen and, and them s- creating a lie that Jesus is alive. So they're guarding that tomb with everything. These, these Roman soldiers are guarding it with their lives. They want the, Jesus to go away, right? So let's look at Matthew 28. And I want you to pay attention as we read through this. How much you're going to hear fear in this? Matthew 28. So the first verse here. Now, on the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. So this, this is Sunday morning now, three days after Jesus died on the cross, and, and these Marys are coming looking for Jesus with very uh, a good reason to be afraid, right? They had just seen their, their, their leader. The, man, the person they loved and gave their whole lives to, falsely accused, condemned, right? betrayed by, by Judas and, and, and crucified. They've seen him brutally beaten and murdered and executed. And so they, they have much reason to fear. And we also see, you also have to ask, and you'll, you'll see in this story, where are the disciples? The disciples are nowhere to be found in this story. You see, what we know about the disciples is they run for their lives. They're scared. They scatter. Peter even denies Christ. He's so afraid. And the disciples are probably hidden behind some locked doors, shaking in fear and terror of what what might happen to them. Look what just happened to Jesus. Are they going to try to kill us next? And we see, let's pick up in verse 2. It says, and behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. So the women arrived to, a, to the aftermath of something incredible that has happened. Right? We see this, this great earthquake. We see this bright angel descends from heaven. He moves away the stone and he sits on it. And the guards fear, right? It tells us they, they tremble, they shake like dead men, and they pass out, right? They're, they're afraid, right? And, these, are, and these, these guards here that pass out like, you know, little scared children, right, are not just Walmart security as you check out, right, that are just checking your, your receipt that aren't going to stop you even if you're walking out, right? These are the baddest soldiers on the earth pass out, faint, because they're so scared, right? These are like army rangers. These are navy seals. These guys are guarding this, this tomb with, with their lives, and, and, and they're terrified to the point of passing out, right? I've never even been close to that. I can't even imagine that. Imagine that fear that just grips you where you just, your lights go out. That's crazy. Now, what you see in this is the angel doesn't seem, seek to calm their fear, Oftentimes, when angels show up, people are terrified, and the angels say, "Don't do not be afraid." Well, this angel doesn't say anything. He just sits on top of the stone, and I'm sure he's probably getting a kick out of seeing these guys like freaking out, don't know what to do, what where to go, and just and then just going out. It's got to be an a, a, amazing scene, comedic. I wish we could have the YouTube on that one, <laughs> right? And uh, and I think the angel leaves them in the terror. Because Jesus is about to walk out of that tomb alive, in body, and they don't get to see, get the pleasure of of seeing Jesus, they don't get to they don't get to the great joy of being the first persons to witness the resurrected Christ. Christ has reserved that for others. So now that the women get here and they and they they see this angel and it tells us it pick up in verse five, but the angel said to the women, "Do not be afraid." For I know that you seek Jesus who is crucified. He is not here, for he has risen. As he said, Come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly, tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So you see, the angel reassures the women, right? He doesn't freak out the women like he does with the guards, he reassures them. He comforts them, tells them, do not be afraid. And then he shows them the reason why they shouldn't be afraid, right? The reason they should not be afraid is, look, look at where his body was. He's risen. He's alive. That's the reason you shouldn't be afraid, because Jesus is alive. So they don't have to fear anything. They don't have to fear loneliness because because their friend has returned from the grave. They don't have to fear loss because their loss has been recovered. They don't have to fear grief because their grief has been replaced with good news, right? Jesus is alive. And you see here, pick up in 28. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Right, so you see, the resurrection calms all of our fears, or at least it should. But these women still are unsure, right? They're they're afraid as they leave the tomb. What does this mean? How can this be true? And when they see Jesus, right, Jesus meets them. He comforts them in their fear. How nice is it when when you have a, a trusted friend or, or a loved one that will comfort you in your in your times of fear? Right? How great is it that Jesus shows up there and, and when they see him, they're so excited, they they grab his feet and they're they're worshiping him. And unlike with the angel, Jesus doesn't give them reasons to, to not fear because he is the reason. Right? He doesn't have to say. Oh, look, um, he doesn't have to say anything. He is the reason they shouldn't fear. And they see that. And he sends them to tell the good news to the rest of the disciples. So because Jesus is alive, we don't have to fear anyone or anything. No circumstances. No, we don't have to fear the future because Jesus is alive. And for, if you imagine these women, for, for three days they've been dreading living without Jesus. Right? They've placed all their hope. They've centered all their, their life on him. They've put all their eggs in one basket. Now they're, they, they're broken. Like, What are we going to do? Do, do? Where do we go from here? What do we do now? Jesus is dead. And so now they know that the presence of Jesus will be there when they need him. And so whatever fear you might be experiencing, Jesus is saying to you, do not fear. Right? Do not fear. And the reason you don't have to fear is because Jesus is alive. He's saying, when he says, do not fear, he's saying, trust me. Put your faith in me. Put your confidence in me. I'm alive. I'm God. He's saying, when he says, do not fear, he's saying, I'm sovereign. I'm in control of everything, even death. Right? No, death can't even hold me down. Nothing can stop me. So the res- resurrection is the answer to your fears because Jesus is alive. And the resurrection is the answer to our fears because Jesus proves that He's the Savior, right? The resurrection is what proves to us that, that He's God. It's the evidence we need. And if Jesus is, is not risen, we should be terror- terrified, right? We should be shaken, because there's no hope. But because Jesus is alive, we have great hope. We have great hope. And he's going to be with us no matter what happens, no matter what circumstance. And so Jesus is the answer to all of our biggest fears. So you don't have to fear death anymore, right? Because Jesus has defeated death. And we don't fear death because, because we have great hope, right? We know that absence from the body is present with the Lord. So although our body might pass away, our our soul will continue on for all of eternity. And we have this, we don't have to fear death because we have this great hope for a future, right? We know the end of the story. We know that one day Jesus Christ is going to return, the resurrected Christ, and and He's going to renew and restore all of His creation. And Because Jesus resurrected, all of His people will rise again. We'll get new resurrected bodies. We'll we'll dwell with Christ for all of eternity. And we'll get out of these these bodies that are uh, of death, right? Of pain, of brokenness. We have great hope. We don't have to fear failure. Because in Christ, if if you're seeking to be faithful to God... There is no failure. Failure does not exist in Christ. Because what God asks of his people is not perfection, he asks of us faithfulness. And so when we're seeking to be faithful to God, right, I can't fail because God is the one that's sovereign and in control and he works out the results, right? So sometimes we take these steps of faith out and we trust God and it doesn't quite work out how we hoped. You know what, but that's not failure. That's not failure. God's going to work out the results. Sometimes we do a not that great a job. We can kind of stumble and bumble at, at following Christ, and he can do great things. Right? God works through our faithfulness, so there's no failure in Christ. That means if you're afraid of failure, if you've been paralyzed by this fear of failure, you can step out and take risks and be faithful and trust God with what he's going to do. Or maybe your fear of failure has caused you to be extremely driven, like like it's caused me in, in my life, and you can relax, right? The fear of failure means uh, this. No failure means that you can you can rest. You can take a nap. You can take it easy. You can you you can do your best and trust God with the results, right? Because you're not in control. He's going to work it out for you. So. So you so you don't have to try to be in control and, and keep your whole world in order, right? Trust God. Take a nap. Take it easy. Delegate some stuff out, right? God's in control. And your identity is not a, as a failure, right? That's not an identity that you should take on. Your identity is a child of God and a citizen of the kingdom of God. So you're not a failure. Be faithful to God. Take risks. Trust Him, and He's going to do great things, even if you never get to see them. We don't have to fear the future because God is in control of the future, right? There's much things coming up that we don't know how it's going to work out, right? We don't know if if Donald Trump's going to get elected or not, right? We, We don't know if ISIS is going to come into the United States, you know, more of these ISIS guys. You don't know if you're going to have a job, you know, this next week. You don't know if you're going to get sick. You don't know if you're going to get in a car accident. But you don't have to fear the future because God is in control, and he knows it all beginning to end. And you have great promises that God promises to work out all things for the good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So, right? And so we can hold on to that, those promises, because Jesus is alive, right? Right? These things are true because we have a God who has victory. And we don't have to fear the future because, of course, we know the end of the story. We know the end of the story. We know Christ is already victorious. We know that Christ ultimately is going to fix this broken world. We don't have to fear the future because no matter how bad it gets, it can only last a lifetime. We have eternity to look forward to. And this life is just a, you know, is just just a, you know, a, a piece of dust compared to eternity. We don't have to fear rejection from man or God because Christ accepts us. Christ loves us, right? We don't have to fear persecution. We don't have to fear abandonment because Christ will always be there for us. There's no separation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so all these things are are true because Jesus is alive. And so when you come to Jesus with your fears, each and every one of them, Jesus tells you, do not be afraid. I'm alive. And so right now what we're going to do is we're going to move to a time of of response. We're going to do communion. And, and, and whenever we respond to God because of the good news of of the gospel, we we sing, right? We sing. We worship God. We thank Him through through songs for what He's done. We praise Him for who He is and that He is alive. We we pray. We stop and pray and, and commune with God. We, we give of our tithes and offerings, and we take communion. And so we're going to take communion today, uh, and uh, I want to read to you and then I'll tell you what we're going to do next. In 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three, 23, it says, the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper, saying, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So if you're a believer today, we, we invite you to to remember, right, the great sacrifice Jesus made. We remember that every week. As often as we meet together, we remember. The only reason we're gathered here is because Jesus has died for us. And we're also going to remember that that Jesus is alive and we're going to worship and we're going to praise him. We're going to celebrate that. We're going to thank him. But what I want to do is before communion is, I, I'm, I have a, the ushers are going to come around with cards, little note cards and pens. I would love for you to, to, as you're preparing your heart for communion, write down your fears on this card. I want you to write as many as you fear, uh, as many as you feel as you can remember, write your fears. And I want to encourage you to bring them here to the foot of the cross. We have two little black baskets on each side. I encourage you to drop those and just confess your fears and and leave them before God and ask Him to, to take those from you. Right? Because it's at the foot of the cross. And it's because of the resurrection we don't have to fear. And so we want to we do this as just a, a ceremonial, God, take away my fears. Right? I want to trust you. Let me pray. Lord Jesus... Thank you for your resurrection. Thank you for your power over death. Thank you that because you're sovereign God, you're king of the universe, we don't have to fear. I pray, Lord, that we would believe that in our mind, but also in our heart. Again, I ask your spirit to to reveal our our fears to us, Lord. Things that we're just super worried about, Lord, and that we would... Bring them to you and seek to trust you with them, Lord. Build our faith to trust you more. I pray that we can rest in your sovereignty. Rest in the resurrection, Lord. Bless this time we come to you. In Jesus' name, amen.